0: Welcome back, everybody. So last last time we did bread of shame, and today we're going to start talking again more about the original thought of creation. We we touched on it a little bit a couple classes ago, and we're going to go deeper into it now. So the thought of creation makes it so that it forces almost. Every detail of crea- every detail of existence, to come out one from the other until the end of the tikkun. What exactly does that mean? And now that we have merited, Rav Ashlag is saying, now that we have merited to learn everything we've learned until now, now we can understand now we can understand how vast the Creator is. That his thoughts are not like ours, that how vast the Creator is, that he works differently than we do. And all of these, all this multitude of uh, concepts and ideas and situations that we've been talking about, in all of existence, all of this becomes one in the Creator. So everything we've been talking about all comes together as one idea, one thought of the Creator, and that is, that thought is to do good for His creations. That was the original thought of creation. this singular thought, surrounds all of creation surrounds all of existence in complete unity until the end of the tikkun until everything is fixed. What do we need what do we need to fix it? Because after the contraction the vessel said no, the light left the vessel. I encourage you to go back to previous classes to get more details. Ki <laughs> abriya because that's the entire point of creation. Vihya <laughs> Poe the, the action, the, the person that does the action, that's the thought of creation. So from our perspective, the driver of everything is the thought of creation to do good for his creations. Whatever with the creator is only a thought becomes a law here. And I don't mean like a law that a government passes, I mean like a law of physics. Or even more fundamental than that. So whatever thought the Creator has, that's how our world must go. So what thought did the Creator have? So since the Creator's thought was to benefit us, that we should benefit, it comes out, It, ha- it it's forced to come out, that we must accept the good that comes from the Creator, because that's intrinsic in who we are, it's from the thought of creation. And that's the action. After we have been imbued with this desire to receive, then we are... Bound within ourselves in this in the sense of an action, because of this change in form, meaning the desire to receive, which isn't revealed in the endless. We go from creator to created, and from action from actor to action. And this is all the work that we have to do that we've talked about. Get stronger as our desire gets stronger. So the more desire somebody has the more they're willing to do. Same concept in spirituality. through this Through this spreading out of the worlds until we have a physical body in this world. A separate physical body in this world. Which is the opposite in form from the source of all life. There, over there, there's nothing to... The creator, the essence, the essence of the creator, nothing can give the essence of the creator. Us, our entire point of existence is to receive. So it's an opposite, it's almost an opposite in form. And it seems opposite in our world because the same essence of the creator, that is the source of all life, also brings to the body death and endings, and suffering. And this is why we have the work of God. What is the work of God? To learn Torah, to do mitzvot, to do good deeds. Through the shining of this line in the the contracted area, meaning after the tzimtzum, after the contraction, we don't have the full force of light coming into the vessel. You have a line, a beam, a ray. Through this line, that's where we that's where we draw the Torah and the mitzvot from. And through our work, through our effort of learning Torah and of doing mitzvot, when we make an effort to do it, why are we doing it? To give, to give a good feeling to our Creator. That's why we do it, not to receive anything. We want to receive, and how do we receive? Through Torah and mitzvot. So we want to receive because we know the Creator wants to give. Slowly, our vessels for receiving become vessels of giving. And this is the whole reward that is that is promised to us that we hope for. kama enam mitukanim. as however much our the, our vessels of desire are not fixed <speaking in Hebrew> we cannot so if our, if we don't fix our our vessels to receive our desire to receive we can't we can't accept what god wants to give. <speaking in Hebrew> And through this idea of bread of shame that we just got finished talking about, which is a fear of being different from the Creator. What does it mean, a fear of being different from the Creator? I'll just touch again one more time because last time it was a little bit complicated, so we'll explain a little bit more right now. When we are are a different form from the Creator, what's the different form from the Creator? That's the desire to receive. We feel this sense of embarrassment that we didn't work for it. We're receiving without doing anything. That fear, that embarrassment, that's called bread of shame. Because of this was the first contraction. Because of this, I, this whole idea of bread of shame of we're we're embarrassed to receive so much without doing anything. That's what caused the first the first tzimtzum. And I know. Some of you may be getting scared a little. Bit. Wait, there's another Timsun later. Yes, there is. We'll get to it when we get to it. But when we fix our vessels to receive, so that they'll be in order to give, what are we giving? We're giving a good feeling to the Creator. Then we are equalizing our vessels to their Creator. And then we are able to receive His light, the Creator's light, without end. And now you can see. All of these opposite forms that we see in creation. Actor and action. And the 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 forms of fulfillment and fixing of work and its reward, all these things that are opposites or go hand in hand. All of this is included together in the thought of the Creator. And in the begin in the beginning of simpleness of simplicity. Which is the, the it's the most simple thought. The most basic thought is the Creator wanted to do good for his creations. Exactly that, not more and not less. That's that was the thought of creation. And through this is also included within the thought of the Creator. Everything that we understand, everything that it's included within the Torah, that we can understand, that we can grasp. And all of these outer wisdoms, and all of the multitude of worlds. And the different behaviors that everybody has. Everything that we just mentioned comes from this one singular thought, to do good for his creations, meaning everything that we see as separate or as opposites in this world, in the thought of creation was all one, was all unified. Kemo, all unified. And the Rav Ashlak says, like, I will explain as we continue explaining each thing in its place. Okay. Now we're going to move on to Malchut of Ensof. So for those of you who remember, Malchut is the last of the ten sefirot. Usually, Malchut means an end to something. So those of you who are, you know, maybe have this a little bit fresher in your mind, are are now asking a question. Malchut of Ensof, how is that possible? How can we have an end to something that has no end? Good question. So now we'll be able to understand what it says in Tikunei Azor. from the, about Malchut of En Sof, now we can now we can explain this thing that people wonder at, this concept of Malchut of Ensof. Gam Sham So if there's a malchut of Ensof, that means we need also the rest of the ten tensfirot, the other nine. So but we don't talk about there being svirot in the ensov. So what's going on here? and through what we've said, it's explained well. This idea of desire to receive, that is included within the endless, and it must be included within the endless. <speaking in Hebrew> That's what we call Malchut of <speaking in Hebrew> But within the endless, Malchut doesn't make an ending or a boundary to the endless. <speaking in Hebrew> Because the change in form, which is a desire to receive, hasn't been revealed yet. This is what we're talking about when we say, He and his name are one. He is the endless. His name is the desire to receive. When we say he and his name are one, they are together how? The desire to receive has not been revealed yet. So if there's no revelation of the desire to receive, everything is completely fulfilled. Everything is the same. There are no levels. There's no boundaries to anything in which is why it's called endless. The Malchut doesn't create an end there. La Fuke which is not the case by after the contraction, after the Tsimtsum. Below the Tsimtsum, that's after the light left the vessel, and now we see the difference between the worlds. Now we see the levels, we see what's lower, what's higher. So Malchut, after the contraction, after the צימצום, נעשה באכול ספירה ופרצוף sof סוף בכוח המלחות. Malchut creates an end in every level and spiritual system. אי אפשר שהרצון לקבל יהיה נגלעה באיזו מהות זולת בדלת את בחינות ואוסול דלת So now we're going to explain more about the desire to receive. Ravashar is saying the only way for the desire to receive To reveal itself is through the four phases that we talked about a while ago. If you don't remember them, I encourage you to go back. I'll quickly run through them. Each one is a little bit... So imagine them as like percentages. You have phase one is, let's say, 25% desire to receive and 75% uh, endless light. Phase two, 50 50 Phase 3, 75 desire to receive. 25 endless light. Phase 4, 100% desire to receive. That is not at all how it really is, but if that helps you understand it, you can use that in your head. <laughs> so says that we'll widen this idea a little bit. <laughs> to understand well this end that is done through malchut. And before that, we'll explain what the sages, the Kabbalistic sages, laid out for us, and what's brought in the Zohar and the and Tikkunim. There is no great or smaller, great or lesser light. Whether it's in the upper worlds or the lower worlds that is not, that doesn't go by a certain order, so every, there is no greater or lesser light in any of the worlds that isn't ordered through the four letters of God's name, the first one being Yud, the second one being Hey, the third one being Vav, and the fourth one being He. It's the name of God. So this goes together with this general idea. There is no light in any of the worlds that doesn't isn't dressed in a vessel. There's no light without the light in the vessel come hand in hand. We've already explained the difference between the Creator's essence and the light that comes from the essence of the Creator. Which is only through the desire to receive, the desire to benefit. Which is included within the light that comes from the essence which is the change in form from the essence of the Creator. So the fact that there is a desire to receive included within the endless light, that is the change in form from the essence of the Creator. She'en bochas <laughs> It doesn't actually have this desire. So the essence of the Creator doesn't have this desire at all. God forbid one should think so. The essence of the Creator is ultimate giving and nothing else. The light that comes from the essence of the Creator has included within it, but it's not revealed yet, the desire to receive. Why does it need to be there? Because the original thought of creation was a desire to give. So in order to give, there needs to be something to receive. (laughs) And through this, this light that comes from the essence, we get to give it a name, it's, so on, in this perspective in the pers- from the perspective of the light versus the essence the light is the emanated thing through this change in form the light goes from being included within the essence which is the emanator to becoming an emanated thing and it's also explained the desire to benefit, which is included within the light of the Creator, <speaking in Hebrew> is also how we measure how great the light is. Remember we said, the bigger the vessel, the bigger the desire, the bigger the light that is drawn. <speaking in Hebrew> and that's called the place of the light, or the space that the light that the light has. Meaning, you, we receive, or the whatever emanated thing we're talking about receives based on its desire to receive. lo Based on its desire, not more and not less than exactly its desire to receive. gam ken, and it's also explained, the only new thing under the sun is this desire to receive. Everything is included within the essence of the creator. The light that comes from the essence of the creator, the only new thing under the sun that it has is the desire to receive. Which, was, which became new in this creation of the worlds. Through this concept of something from nothing. But truly, something from nothing. Because before, in the essence of the crater, there is no desire to receive. In the light that comes from the essence of the crater, there is a desire to receive. That's the something from nothing. Only through this form. Only this form is not included in the essence of the crater. Everything else in existence is included in the essence of the crater. Desire to receive is not. And only now, meaning now at the moment of creation, did the Creator invent this thing called desire to receive, in order so that there should be creation. Why did we say, so we said earlier, why did he say he created darkness? This form, the desire to receive is actually the source of the darkness. You know, that sounds weird. So we have the light, we have the only way to receive it is the desire to receive, but also the desire to receive is the source of darkness. Because it's a change in form from the essence of the Creator. So why is it called darkness? Because it's it's different in form from the light, from the essence of the creator. And therefore it's darker. It's wait, what's the opposite of light in just in you know English terms? In the opposite of light is dark. We're not talking about physical light and darkness here, but it's a similar concept. Desire to receive is the opposite form of the essence of the creator, and therefore it's called darkness. <laughs> and through this now we can understand all the light that comes from the creator, is immediately split into two aspects. The first aspect is the essence of the light that is coming out. Before the desire to benefit or the desire to receive is revealed. That's aspect one. Uchinabet in the second aspect, he achal shenigleta bo atzura shel razonenot is after the desire to receive is revealed. Shaz nit avav ve'nechshach then it gets a little bit thicker and darker. B'sibat hakinyan shas shino atzura through this buying of this change in form meaning. Once the desire to receive starts to reveal itself, that's when the level spiritual system, that, that light that is coming out from the creator, starts to materialize or, or darken itself. So the first aspect is called O, light. And the second aspect is called Kli, or Vessel. And because of this, through this, every light that comes out from the crater is, has the four phases. through this action of the vessel, through this making of the vessel, the form of desire to receive, which is called. The vessel for the light that is coming out. En an is not completed in one shot. Rather through actor and action. There's two as there's two aspects in the actor, and two aspects in the action. And it's called the power of the actor in the action. And the power of the action within the action. Okay. Since the vessel is the source of darkness, which is the opposite of the light, and therefore it must happen slowly, al data through these state through these stages midrag ela ve'alul through upper and lower shezot hamaim haru veyaldu which is the secret of something it says in the midrash on shemot that the waters became pregnant and gave birth to darkness ki because darkness hu otalda ma is a is one? Of, it's the descendant of the light, and is made by it through this concept of getting of getting pregnant and giving birth, which is the concept of the power of the actor. The and now it must be. That immediately it's included within every light that comes from the Creator, this desire to receive. It's not considered a change in form until you have within the light this desire it's not enough that the desire to receive is imbued within the light from the from the viewpoint of the emanator but the emanated thing itself the emanated thing has to awaken its own desire to receive within it it must draw down thing, draw down the light from its from its own desire. More than the measurement of light that comes from the side of the emanator. And after the emanated has done this action and, cre- and created this bigger desire to receive, and it's expanded its, the boundaries of its vessel, then it is set within it the desire to receive, and then the light can sit well in the vessel. And this is the truth. When the light of the crater spreads through, as if, meaning, we're not talking about a physical going from place to place or physical spreading out, but as you imagine something like that to help your brain understand. Also, with these four phases, they go until the level of the desire to receive of the emanated thing. Shua which is the fourth phase. Without this fourth phase of desire, without the emanated, building the desire from its own from its from within itself, the light would have never come out of the creator. From the essence of the creator. In order to be able to get a name for itself, which is the endless. Remember, there's the essence of the creator, then there's the endless light. in all of his abilities, on all of the creator's abilities, The form did not change at all. from the desire to receive, khan sham over there, by like within the Creator, there is no, there is no change in form yet. Between the light or the space of the light, which the space of light we already we already said, is a desire to receive, and they are truly one. Him and his name are one. The endless light and the desire to receive are one. Now, So now we can understand what it says in which is another Kabbalistic book on this same subject. Before the world was created, he and his name were one. Which and this language of he and his name seems to be a difficult, it seems to be difficult to understand why the double language, he and his name. Usually that's the same thing in English. Before the world was created, what was what's this concept of his name to him? it should have said if it was speaking in plain language in plain human language it should have said before the world was created he was one why he and his name were one so the the kavana here the the intention here is is we're talking about the endless light which is before the contraction So even though there is this concept of space there, and there is, there exists the concept of the desire to receive sustenance from the essence of the Creator. But there's no, there hasn't been a separation or difference between the desire to receive and the light yet. He is one, that is the endless light. His name is one. His name is referring to the desire to receive within the endless light, and there hasn't been a separation yet. And now you can understand the hint that the sages gave us that the words "Asher Shemo" His name is the same numerical value as the word Gatzon, desire, talking about the desire to receive. So what can we learn from what we learned today? Seems like we did a lot of review. We already talked a lot about how he and his name are one, the desire to receive is included within the endless, but there's no real separation because it hasn't been revealed yet. And we touched upon the the four phases and we, we touched upon a lot of things that we seem to have already done. But Something new that I think we found is that every, with, we have to awaken the desire from within ourselves. We said the light would have never left the essence of the crater if the emanated didn't already have its desire activated within. So yes, God wants to give us everything and God is constantly sending down everything. But how do we receive it? We have to activate desire from within ourselves. We have to go out into the world and say, God, I want to receive because you want to give. It's important it's it's a very interesting line to walk because on the one hand, our desire should be a desire to receive because we know the Creator wants to give. But it has to be we have to be very careful to make sure that I want to receive. If God, God can imbue the desire within us, but if we don't activate it, nothing's going to happen. Have a great week.